0: This, this is the Our Auto Expert podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto
1: Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our
2: Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our
0: Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Well, Times are interesting. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the Northwest to the Southeast. This is America's car radio show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on mobile, or on smart speaker. This is our Auto Expert. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Truck Girl Jen, who had a little bit of a problem getting in this morning. Just a little. Um, she called me first thing and said, there's snow where I live. Uh, there's a lot of snow where I live. And, uh, and she, I said, you know what, it'll be melted." So when we talked at O-Dark 30 this morning, mm-hmm. um, there was, my driveway was full of snow. Mm-hmm. By the time you got to my driveway, <laughs> it was all gone. All I can say
3: is uh, Washington had a lot more snow than Oregon this
0: morning. Yeah, there was a lot of, uh, lot of uh, snow wherever you were this morning. Uh, Chicago maybe not so much But Washington had a splattering Oregon had a splattering (laughs) Uh, But we managed to make it in for the show And a good thing we did too Because uh, we have a lot to talk about on today's show We're going to, of course, keep you up to date with some car buying as it relates to coronavirus what's going to change Well, it'll be a main topic of discussion i'm sure for everybody in the next uh they could say up to 18 months we'll be dealing with this although i don't think it's going to be that long Uh, we are also going to talk to mercedes lilienthal if you thought that you had bad weather where you live she drove uh, on the alcan rally with her husband andy Uh, we'll talk to them and also going to have a chance to find out about a car I'm pretty much in love with. Uh, there, there are some amazing new Mercedes SUVs out there. Uh, we're going to talk about those. Perry uh, Stern is going to talk to us about the McLaren adventure that he had in the UK. So he flew into the UK. He was going to drive a McLaren. Does your pen not work? No. All right, you better lick it. No. Um, you drive to. We drove to. Uh, he he drove to Geneva for the Geneva show, which never happened. But he still got to drive the car. That was fun. And he was one of five people that got to do
3: this adventure.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And uh, and also uh, we're going to talk about uh, what's happening in car sales because of the coronavirus. Um, it, you know, China had an eighty percent drop in February, in their car sales. Is the same going to affect the U.K.? And the U.S., is it going to be a good time to buy? I'm suspicious that it will. If you're uh-huh. ready to buy a car, uh, I think prices are going to be falling. So that's on the show today. Uh, I have the ultimate uh, survival vehicle, by the way, in my drive. Well, we drove over in it today. It's the Toyota Sequoia TRD Pro. Um, it's the perfect road trip car. I, I will have to tell you, it's really, this is probably the car I would want to go and spend my money on.
3: I agree. It was very comfortable.
0: It's just very beautiful. Spacious. It's solid as a rock. Sequoia, by the way, do you know what Sequoia, the name, comes from? It's a tree. It's redwoods. Yeah, it's kind mm-hmm. of redwood tree. Um, sequoia trees. Uh, or Redwood is, is part of the Sequoia family. Uh, so it's named after a tree. And boy, is it like a solid big tree. <laughs> this thing is great. And, of course, the TRD, they put, like, black wheels on it, gave it the full TRD treatment. A uh, splash of red. It's a pretty big truck, 71,000, 7,100 pounds, not 1,000, 7,100 pounds in weight. Uh, starts around $65,000. The um, one we
3: drove was, what, sixty eight total?
0: Yeah, so about $3,000 worth of options. Uh, the, the fuel consumption is what you'd expect from a really high-level, um, you know, SUV. Uh, it's about 17 miles a gallon on the highway, 13 in the city, which is tough. But 381 horsepower, big old V8 engine, mm-hmm. and 5.7 liter V8 to be exact. And it's big. It's about uh, 205 inches long and about 80 inches wide, 77 inches high. So it's big, tall, beefy. It'll get you out of any trouble. Uh, and I, it's sort of based on the Tundra chassis from Toyota, which uh, I like. And I like this a lot. I really want one badly. But I've been told, no more cars. You have too many. <clears throat> the other vehicle that I uh, test drove this week, which is kind of interesting. By the way, I'm at home for six weeks. Everything I got know. canceled. I'm not doing any trips. I was gonna, supposed to go to Germany, this, to England. I was supposed to be in L.A. This is the
3: longest that you have been home since I have known you. Yeah, This is crazy. Uh,
0: Working from home. I mean, the good thing is I still get to test drive cars in my own driveway. $24,885 is the price of the new Ford Escape. That's the starting price. I have an interesting bit of tip bit or an interesting tip bit on this vehicle that you may not know. In fact, nobody probably knows. My friend, Dan Jones, uh, was involved in the launch of this vehicle. And Dan told me that the new 2020 Ford Escape had to be redesigned. Hmm. Because they did an original design on it. They sent it out to focus groups. And the focus groups turned around and said, guess what? It looks too much like a Porsche. A <laughs> Porsche Macan. So they sent it back <laughs> to be redesigned. And when I saw it, without knowing that story,
3: mm-hmm. when
0: I saw that truck for the first time, when Dan showed me a picture of it just before the reveal, I said, oh, it looks an awful lot like a Porsche Macan. He went, What? What? I just sent it back to be redesigned <laughs> because of that very reason. Uh, oh no. Which uh, I think, hey, listen, if you can p- spend the third of the money you spend what's a Porsche Macan? Like sixty bucks sixty thousand dollars? Sixty bucks, that'd be great. 60, uh so this starts about twenty four. So I mean you can get two of these for a Porsche Macan, even if you loaded them up pretty well. Uh, The SE Sport, which is uh, one of the mid grades, that starts at twenty-eight thousand two hundred and sixty-five dollars. So, I mean, there are a lot. There's a lot of different trims right up to the titanium, the titanium hybrid, the SEL, the SEL hybrid, the SE, and the S. So, there's a lot. What's the matter?
3: My pen is made in China and, and it doesn't, doesn't work. work. All right. And you want me to lick it. No, you lick it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, just, just as a, an ongoing tip, you, you have to remember this. If I ever tell you to lick anything from China, just say no. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Mike. Just... Just ignore most of the things I say anyway. So why should today be any different? (laughs) Will coronavirus impact the price of cars? There's a lot of speculation on this. I'm going to give you a solid yes on that one. I think car sales are going to slow down. And I think now is the opportunity. You're going to see financing drop. Uh, Subaru just recently dropped financing to 0.9% through the end of March. So if you think you are going to get a good deal on a vehicle, everybody is trying to offset I'm. I had my dad had a phone call from the local Mazda dealer, who wanted him to buy a new CX5, and he said I. He said to them jokingly on the phone, "We probably couldn't get. You couldn't wouldn't take my current two-year-old CX5 and give me a new one for the same price." And the guy goes, "I might be able to do that. Wow! Because there's so many incentives on those vehicles." So. Uh, it might be that if you've been waiting to buy a new vehicle you're going to wait maybe till the summer or something like that now might be the right time to do it we're going to tell you all about a bunch of new vehicles that are going to be hitting the road Uh, coming up next we're going to talk about getting your backside very cold in the snow and what happens when you have to use a bathroom that's frozen coming up you're listening to our auto expert catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website it's ourautoexpert.com you can hear all the past shows see our automotive videos and read insider car stories about your next ride you'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com if you think it was cold where you woke up today you might be surprised at what some other people went through us on the phone mercedes lilienthal she just got back from doing the alcan Rally. so mercedes first of all did you lose any digits while you're out there
4: I think we lost all of our digits.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty cold uh, on the Alcan rally. So first of all, tell us a little bit about the rally, where it goes to and where it comes from.
4: So the Alcan 5000 rally starts just outside of Seattle in Kirkland, Washington, and basically beelines it through all of BC, Yukon, and Northwest Territories all the way up north to Inuvik and to Tuktuk, and goes all the way back down and eventually heads over to Fairbanks, up into Coldfoot if you take that extreme control, and ends in Anchorage, over 5,120 miles.
0: Um, And at the same time, the average temperature is?
4: Well, we've had a variety of temperatures. A lot of it was below zero, and I think we got up to negative 40, and that was just standing temperature, no wind chill.
0: Oh, I don't like any of it. I just have to tell you. Uh, So you went with your husband, Andy, and you did this in what?
4: We did this in a right-hand drive 1991 uh, Mitsubishi Pajero diesel 4x4.
0: So this is an interesting question. Uh, you're the second person we've talked to who did the rally with a diesel. Why, why choose a diesel?
4: Well, we owned one. Okay, good start. <laughs> we owned one and we wanted a challenge.
0: Um, and, and diesel's harder than gas or is it easier than gas?
4: Well, you have to prepare it correctly. Uh, we have an old diesel, um, whereas some of the other teams had a brand new vehicle that was diesel. We needed to make sure to take extreme preparations so that the diesel fuel didn't gel up. So we had things uh, like a Vasto ThermoTap Evo heater, coolant heater that worked very, very well to be able to help assist the Optima Red Top batteries uh, you know, be able to start uh, in such cold temperatures, and it worked great.
0: And then uh, preparing for the rally itself, do you sleep in, the, in, in your vehicle, or do you actually get out and go in hotels?
4: Well, you're not supposed to sleep in the vehicles, although a couple of people unfortunately have to. Uh, there are hotels or motels every night that you are supposed to get to, um, but there were some issues with highways being closed down, blizzards, things like that, so people... Have to be prepared to sleep in the vehicle overnight if they needed to. If they had to.
0: So how do you prepare for that? I mean, you know, sleeping bag, I guess, is the the start. But do you run it all night to keep it warm, or do you have a another source of heat? Do you? I mean, with you and Andy, because you're married, it's probably easy to snuggle. But it might be tougher to snuggle yeah. if you're a couple of you know three guys in the car that are all married to other people, and then you have to snuggle together. That would be a you know a bit awkward.
4: Right, right. Well, you do what you do just to survive the Arctic. Um, those are all great points, and all of those are valid, so you can do anything from heat and hand warmers to very uh, warm clothing, which we had several layers of. It still feel, feels weird to me to wear one pant, you know, versus three layers for my lowers. Uh, it, it's just weird. Um, but then, you know, of course, uh, you can run the vehicle all night long if you wanted to, but of course, some people worry about fumes. Um, you know, all sorts of necessary precautions, uh, but that's, you know, that's life in the Arctic. You know, everybody do, you know, does this that lives up there, and we just happen to be traversing through, but you need to be prepared, including food, water, fuel, extra fuel, whether it's jerry cans. or we've got a long-range automotive tank that we had supplied by Long Range America. You know, so we had our extra fuel underneath, whereas a lot of people had extra jerry cans. And we used it, and they used their jerry cans.
0: Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the drive itself. So do you prepare with special tires, chains? How do you deal with course, the snow, and 40 below?
4: Right. Uh, so the Alcan 5000 Rally uh, requires you to have three peak rated winter tires. So we chose to go with, uh, with Nitto's Exo Grapplers, and we had those studded. Uh, not everybody has to have them studded, but a lot of people choose to have studded tires and run them up there.
0: And that presumably that means that you stayed on the road. Uh, does it make a huge difference with studs or no studs?
4: You know, we were really impressed with our extra grapplers. Uh, it was the first time that we ran that specific type of, uh, of tire. Uh, normally, I run uh, the Ridge Grapplers from Nitto, um, but we had no problems whatsoever. I mean, of course, it doesn't stop you if you, you know, end up sailing it into a snowbank or, or, you know, ice racing, things like that. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people that ended up uh, going off the road for rare, various reasons. There's a lot of ice, a lot of snow, but, you know, you have to be prepared for that, and you have to pre- be prepared to get yourself out no matter what tires you do have.
0: Um, financing this trip is probably a pain in the backside because, obviously, uh, it costs money to, to get up there with fuel and hotels and those sort of things. So you rely a lot on sponsors.
4: Uh, we do, yes. Um, we're very, very fortunate. We've got uh, a lot of sponsors that we're on board uh, with product, um, you know, with help, with support, with expertise, things like that. Um, too many to mention, but if you go to clean um or clean Culture on our social media, you'll be able to see all the sponsors. Some of which we already noted on this call.
0: Um, I, w- I would also tell you that it's, this happens every two years, but uh, every four years, but there's a summer version as well. Is, is that the way to start by doing the summer version?
4: You know, we started by doing the winter version. Uh, it's just like the Olympics. Well, every two years, there's a summer, then every two years, there's a winter, then summer, then winter. Uh, of the friends of ours that have run it, everybody's basically said if you want to do it, do it the first time, do it in the winter. And so we hinted their advice and we dove we in <laughs> head first.
0: <laughs> one of the pictures that got the biggest reaction that you posted was one of the porta potties up there. Tell us about that.
4: <laughs> that was Andy's photo that he took of the porta potties. That was at our first Arctic Circle crossing. Um, and that was in uh, the Northwest Territories, I believe. Or was it in the Yukon? I can't remember. It was in the Yukon. Uh, he's sitting right next to me here. But, um, but yeah, we had to use those bathrooms, either that or, or you know, cop a spot next to your vehicle off the side of the road and, and hope you don't freeze to it. Uh,
0: Jen is actually reposting that on our Auto Experts uh, social media site, so you'll be able to see it. But Nice. It, did you, now, I heard that the boys didn't use it, but you did.
4: Uh, I'm not sure about the boys. I like to hover. I didn't think I'd ever say that on <laughs> national radio. <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I don't sit. I, I've got, you know, yeah. Let's just state that. Did and then you, I, I quickly went in and I quickly warmed up my bum uh, and, you know, the rest of my body with the shield heated seats
0: that we have. <laughs> um, clearly that you have those Pilates classes have come in useful to being able to ho- hold <laughs> yeah. over it. Uh, did you get a good look at some animals while you are up there? Because I know a lot of people saw some pretty incredible animals as they made their trek up onto the Alcan Rally.
4: We did. We did. We saw hundreds of buffalo. We saw a herd of caribou. A bighorn sheep down in in a valley. Uh, We almost hit a wolf, which was terrifying. Um, Locked it up and and swerved a little bit. But Andy, you know, awesome driver that he is, saved it as the wolf decided to bound right off. Um, You know, after we heard rumblings, there was a wolf that was uh, on the road somewhere. And, um, boy, there's even more. A marten. We saw a little marten weasel type thing. Uh, Deer. No elk. Um, We saw some native birds up there as well. Yeah, and moose. Oh, gosh, yeah, seven moose. How can I forget the moose?
0: My gosh. Yeah, they are the size of a truck as well. Now, the big question is, you've done it once. Would you do it again? In a heartbeat. It uh, was that much fun, was it? Where can we uh, find out more about your trip, Mercedes, and learn about the things that you did on your trip of the Alcan Rally?
4: So you can follow us on social or via Cling dot com. Social media is Culture on Instagram and Facebook, and also Cling Cult on Twitter. Uh, I am also uh, writing a couple of different stories, so I will have a print feature in Tread Magazine, uh, also an online story on DirtSportsWorld.com, and also a couple of different podcasts coming up, and then also Race Radio with San Diego that will be coming up uh, tomorrow, actually, for an hour.
0: Excellent. Well, Andy and uh, Mercedes Lilienthal, congratulations for making it back alive. It sounds like a fun trip of a lifetime probably wouldn't catch me doing it uh, either. Coming up, we'll talk about uh, the new coronavirus video in taking a lift an Uber or a taxi and how to make sure that you stay safe. We're also going to talk about buying a car at this time of year because I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably one of the best times to buy because people are, are not getting out to dealerships and buying and selling vehicles. And so everybody's willing to cut you a deal. Uh, we've watched some car prices drop. If you have a new car in your future, we're going to tell you about some things you might consider buying uh, people are extending interest rates right now to uh, the lowest that we've seen in a long time 0.9 percent from Subaru and that happens until the end of March there's plenty of other brands out there doing the same so if you're in the market for a brand new vehicle of course this might be the time of year to buy Uh, We want to give you, as best we can, all the information that's out there covering these cars, trucks, and SUVs. We're also going to talk about one of those, the new GLE 63 from Mercedes-AMG. That's as Our Auto Expert continues. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Our auto expert is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and you can start a conversation with us, ask questions, direct messages at any of the social media media channels ourautoexpert.com. If you go to the website ourautoexpert.com, you will see something called Corona Cars. We have a video up there. If you are taking an Uber or a lift, taxi at this time of year and because of the outbreak of COVID-19, you probably want to make sure that you keep yourself the safest that you can possibly be and so there's some advice there. We consulted a number of physicians in putting that device together. Uh, but I'll go through it for you now. You should also watch the video because it actually shows you an awful lot that uh, I probably can't give you here. Think about services that are touched. Those surfaces are outside door handles. So as uh, you're climbing into a vehicle, wipe down those door handles where your fingers touch, just not on the outside, but also on the inside as well. And you can have an antiseptic wet wipe in your pocket. Uh, wipe those down. Also wipe the inside door handles and, most importantly, the window switch or the winder, depending on how old the vehicle is. You want to wipe those down. I always suggest sitting behind the driver for the simple reason that every time we talk there are little bits of moisture that come out of people's mouths that moisture will be directed away from you if you sit behind the driver. Uh, at the same time, if you're going to rent a car, make sure you wipe down all the surfaces that are touched with your antiseptic wipe, which includes the steering wheel, gear shifter, all of the indicators and switches that will be touched around the dashboard. That will keep you safe as much as possible from uh, picking up anything from the interior of the car. One important thing as well, go to test driver vehicle. I uh, swap my cars out with a press fleet quite regularly every week and what I do when the gentleman comes to drop the car off and pick the last one up I actually have a wet wipe in my hand he puts the key fob into the wet wipe remember this is another area that your hands touch he puts the key fob into the wet wipe and then I touch the wet wipe um, not the key fob itself Uh, then I wipe it down then I'm able to touch it so remember the key fob is another area people have touched You may be challenged by getting into a vehicle with a bunch of kids. Now, kids, although, haven't been as susceptible to the COVID-19 virus uh, as adults have, and especially older adults who have existing, pre-existing medical conditions. So... This is an interesting thing. Kids can be carriers, but they don't tend to be affected. So make sure that the kids wipe down every surface where they sit in the vehicle, and they use any kind of hand sanitizer as well. That would work much better for them. Uh, you've got to be careful when test driving a car, when renting a car, also when taking a lift and an Uber. Now, a lot of people don't want to be uh, gathered into uh, a large area where there's a lot of people, like public transport, but you can uh, make sure that if you're going to do that, you do it as safe as possible with wiping down areas that are touched. Now, uh, Jenna, you, do you give anybody a ride in your vehicle? No.
3: No? No.
0: <laughs> no one's allowed in Jen's truck?
3: No. Uh. <laughs> Just me, myself, and I. All
0: right. So you don't have to, this to worry about. But,
3: no, but I wipe down my stuff all the time anyways.
0: Right. When well, we come into the studio here, uh, you know, because although you know we are the a- the anchor for ten to uh, noon, on uh, or whatever whenever the show is, we're the anchor for the station. Uh, we we come here and we wipe down the, all of our areas uh, just to make sure it's uh, fresh, clean, and sparkling. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do that, so it's the same thing when you're getting into a vehicle as well. Let's talk about car prices a little bit. I'm expecting to see those uh, drop somewhat. So if you're getting ready to buy a vehicle, this might be the best time of the year to actually go out and buy one just purely because uh, cars aren't selling as rapidly as they were before and therefore the opportunity is around to actually get those vehicles and uh, get them at a better price than you would have been able to do interest rates as well so if you're going to finance it might be one of the best times to finance a vehicle as well just purely because of the amount of droppage in uh, in prices of vehicles Uh, some people giving a ballpark off uh, again like Subaru $6,500 dollars off of MSRP Uh, very aggressive pricing for this time of year Uh, other car companies are giving as much as $15,000 off of some of the big trucks off of the hood of the trucks because uh, they want to make sure that the economy doesn't slow so much uh, if you have a new vehicle in your future
3: well and if you're interested in Dodge we're going to have we're going to have Ashton on talk about dollar days next week yeah about how you can save a ton of money on the dodges.
0: Dodge putting a lot of money off the hoods of their mm-hmm. vehicles as well, making sure that people have the opportunity to purchase a new vehicle for a reasonable price as well. Uh, how much money can you get off? You know, it's not unheard of getting up to twenty-five percent off of these vehicles, used cars as well. If people are trading in for their new car, you've got to think that they are looking to sell their used car at the same time, so they are looking to actually get a deal uh get people to buy those so they can buy their new car as well so prices dropping there as well We've got more our auto expert on the way we're going to talk mercedes we're going to talk uh, a lot of stuff that's coming up on the show you're listening to our auto expert are you thinking about changing your car read some of the most informative reports and see videos that we have made and the newest tech, the latest cars, you'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com Of course, this podcast is available 24-7 as well. Recently, I got the chance to spend some time in uh, the LA area test driving the new AMG uh, GLE63S and uh, joining us on the phone is uh, Kerry Richardson, AMG Product Manager Uh, First of all, uh, this vehicle is pretty insane, Kerry, when it comes to power. Uh, (laughs) hand built engine and completely unnecessary. (laughs)
4: That's what we like. We like the -the over-the-top performance from AMG. So that's what we continue to try to deliver on.
0: So here's the deal. When you talk about a muscle car in America produced by one of the American guys, they have around 30. 500 horsepower. This is an SUV, the GLE uh, 63. This is an SUV that has 603 horsepower, is that right? Yes, correct.
4: 603 horsepower and 627 pound-feet of torque.
0: Um, that that's pretty insane, first of all, flooring it on a freeway on-ramp, which I may or may not have done while I was in Los Angeles, caused my drive partner to go, ah! <laughs> which is what I enjoy. You like
4: those types of experiences. <laughs> right. It's,
0: it's very visceral. Uh, AMG is a really visceral company, not only through sight, sound, and uh, experiencing touch, uh, but it's a very visceral com- uh, sort of company. Uh, on the whole, it's all about having an enjoyable experience and at the same time, handcrafted luxury.
4: Exactly, and I think what's awesome too about this model is for the first time we're electrifying our you know well-proven four-liter handcrafted engine um, with our EcoBoost. So, additionally to that six hundred and three horsepower, the EcoBoost can give you up to an additional twenty-one horsepower and an additional one hundred and eighty feet, one hundred and eighty-four feet pounds, um, pound-feet of torque.
0: Now that the interesting thing about that, so that's really transferred during uh, acceleration. You can feel it, really punching yeah. it from uh, from o- o- sort of off of the line. You can experience that sort of race start feeling, uh, but it's not just what you feel in your body as the uh, as this SUV is propelled forward. It's also what you hear uh, because AMG spend a lot of time working on the sound of the car too. Yes, yeah. um, so we do
4: have. AMG Performance Exhaust Standard on this model, Um, and you know, it's controllable by the driving mode that you select with the Dynamic Select um, program. So there's Comfort, there's Sport, there's Sport Plus, and all of those will have a different exhaust note. But of course, in the Sport and Sport Plus, you can really hear the exhaust type roar.
0: One of the things, of course, when you go fast and you have a lot of acceleration, you need to stop fast. Now, did you enhance the braking (laughs) system?
4: Yes. Yeah, so we always say at AMG, of course, as well as the car can perform, it also needs to brake just as well. So we do have our AMG high-performance braking system on this model, and you know, it, it's safety is still one of our top concerns, and our we make sure that all of our models are equipped with just as much safety. Um, features as well as performance
0: features. Now, on the outside, looks great. Uh, very uh, the the Louvre grille, very AMG, and across the line, the AMGs always look great. A lot of extra sort of <laughs> air venting and those sort of things. But the inside also gets a a super upgrade with a three spoke AMG uh, performance steering wheel that really is optimized yes. for sort of driving dynamics. Yes.
4: So interior, we have an all new SUV interior design for this model. As you mentioned, we do have the new AMG performance steering wheels, and those come in NAPA leather, dynamica, a combination of both, and also carbon fiber. Um, we do have the new touchpad in the center console. We have five, you know, USB ports, so all of your devices are safe there. Um, we do have the new um, instrument cluster with the AMG-specific designs, and it also does come standard with the 12.3-inch digital instrument cluster, and media touch, media display with the touch screen.
0: That's actually so ridiculous. Very, very it's ridiculous when you look <laughs> at it because, okay, when you look across it, it looks like basically the whole of the dash uh, almost halfway yes. into the passenger side is all one huge piece of glass.
4: Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a double-bonded, um, so the screens are conjoined. And, you know, it's a great visual for both the passenger and the driver, but it just it gives the interior a touch of, you know, upscale luxury. That we are known
0: for with Mercedes-Benz. Um, you know, in America, we're very happy to have uh, big SUVs. Most of us know how to park them. Even Truck Girl Jen knows how to park <laughs> a big truck. But at the same time, uh, you 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 made exceptions for those people that aren't so used to driving vehicles that are of size. You gave it uh, the the Parktronic uh, system as well. Yes, we do have active parking assist
4: um, with this vehicle. And what that does is that enables additional sensors around. So it can assist you with parking. It can um, also tell you when you're getting too close to things around you. Um, so we do, and we also have surround view camera. So it's a 360 camera system on this model. So you can always see from different angles You know what you're approaching, um, with an SUV, that is quite large.
0: When, when we look at these vehicles, and Europe is way ahead of the United States as far as uh, headlights are concerned because they have laws which allow uh, dynamic headlights, but you, it didn't sort of really stop you because of American laws uh, putting in some really advanced <laughs> headlamps as well.
4: Yeah, so we we got as far advanced as the U.S. laws will allow us to be. So we do have the adaptive high beam assist with our active LED headlamps. And we have LED tail lamps as well. So what that does is, for instance, if you're rounding it to a curve, the adaptive high beam assist, if it sees any oncoming traffic, you don't have to um, lower the beams to help the oncoming driver see. So it does that automatically. Um, and then there are some cornering um, aspects also. So if you're bending a corner, it does illuminate a little bit further in front of you so that you can always see what's,
0: what's coming. Uh, you know, blind spot uh, assist and most of the safety features are there as well. If you don't manage to see something, the vehicle can also uh, assist you as well.
4: Yes, and actually, blind spot assist is one of my favorite features. it's um, it definitely it tells you when someone's in your blind spot, and then also if you're if you're signaling to get over based on radar technology, it will also um, give you an audible noise also to stop so that you're not you know cutting someone off or. Haphazardly changing lanes when there's a, a vehicle that you can't see.
0: Um, some uh, luxury car companies don't have uh, all of the connected opportunities that Mercedes have. You you basically it doesn't really matter what kind of phone you have; you can still connect it to the vehicle.
4: Yes, we do have both um, Apple and um, Android connectivity with our smartphone integration. So, addition, additionally to having the Mercedes navigation standard, you can also work your ways, your Apple Maps, your Google Maps. So, any type of navigation or phone connectivity systems that you would like to connect are very, you know, easily plugged into these
0: units. Also allowing like nine USB ports, 115 volt AC power outlet. I mean, you, the, the kids can plug in as well. You wanted to make sure that entertainment was uh, top notch uh, because you input a Burmeister sound system. Uh, interestingly enough, I don't see that often in cars.
4: Yeah, so actually our standard system is the Burmeister sound system. Um, it's a great sound system. It comes with a uh, 12 speakers and you can also upgrade to the high-end Burmeister system. Um, It's a pretty penny, but it's worth those who really, really care about, you know, their sound system and want the top-notch that we have available. So, the the standard sound system is amazing for this model. And you know we're we're all about you know making sure the interior cabin is a great experience for the driver and, and all of the
0: passengers. My favorite feature on all Mercedes, introduced with the E Class uh, a couple years ago, is the Car to X communication, and, and this is really where Mercedes Benz can talk to another Mercedes Benz on the road.
4: Yes, so Car to X is great. Um, what it does is it basically takes the driving um, patterns and experiences that. Of your car, So it can recognize traffic, potholes, things of that sort, and send that information to other Mercedes-Benz models that, models that also have CARTA-X, and that assists you in your route determinations, and um, it can help, you know, the, the trip that the next passenger is on. So it, it, it's an amazing feature that Mercedes continues to advance and introduce into new models.
0: I like the idea that if I'm driving on an icy road and the, the car in front of me hits black eyes, it can let my car know. Uh, and I think yes. all, all cars should have that sort of communication between them as well. Not only does it, you know, have a really nice amount of technology on the inside and safety features as well, but when you stand back and look at the vehicle, you actually made things like the logo <laughs> light up at night. <laughs> yes. So we have actually two
4: options to where the logo can light up at night. So we do have the illuminated star that's um, um, a feature that's offered via Mercedes, and then also um, from the mirror housing, there are um, the Mercedes-Benz logo that illuminates from the lamp. Um, there are logo lamps inside of the mirror housing, so when you open the door and unlock your doors, um, they do illuminate on the ground, which is very very cool to show to your friends.
0: That's just the that's just sort the location, of, you know. yeah, like the Mercedes extra feature as well. All right, let me ask you this: How fast have you yeah. driven one of these?
4: You know, I've heard that the 0 to 60 in this model is 3.7 seconds. I'm still trying to get there. And the top speed, of course, is 174. So, you know, I'm trying to, within the, the right scenarios and situations, to make sure that I can, I can prove those two points. <laughs>
0: um, you know, I, I think we should go to a racetrack somewhere and, uh, and let you try and keep trying because I assure you I got pretty close. <laughs> when i was test I driving it okay i noticed something and this is more more of a personal question as a why or an understanding question so when we talk about yeah. the gle 63 uh, s let's let's talk about the gls 63 um because you didn't call that an s you you just have the gl six uh, gls 63 but it's not an s so what is the difference between s and non-s
4: so, actually, for this model, for the GLS-63 and the GLE-63S SUV, they have the same powertrain. Um, and the GLS is the S-Class amongst our performance SUVs. Um, they have the same powertrain and the same horsepower and torque. Um, so, there are no differences as far as um, the, like the chassis, the suspension of the two models. It's more of a nomenclature thing. So, we didn't necessarily want to put the S with the GLS. Too many S's in one spot. Oh, um, I get so it. It's just a nomenclature. Yeah. So for the, these two models in particular, it's just a nomenclature difference. G- would there so be the
0: would there be a GLS63S in the future?
4: Not that we're currently working on, but, you know, we're always evaluating the portfolio um, to see if we can top ourselves. But as of now, the GLS-63 is at the top of the line. Now,
0: one of the ways the GLE-63S wins is the fact that it has race start, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. I I was the first person... I'm proud of this, very proud of this, by the way, Kerry. I was the first person to ever do Race Start in the S-Class um, oh. in Germany when I went on the launch of that. And I took it around the back of an airfield, and I did Race Start. <laughs> and, of course, I, we filmed it, and every other journalist wanted to do it after of I'd course. done it. Of course. Such a trendsetter. Yeah. Like, oh, God, it's so needy. <laughs> Journalists are so needy. I have no idea how they are the bane of my existence okay uh, what's the starting mm-hmm. price and when's the uh, when when is the new GLE 63 uh, S available
4: so the GLE 63 S um, SUV will be available mid 2020 so it's coming out very soon for um, all of our customers and the starting price is 113950
0: All right. Well, I'll look forward to saving my pennies for that as quite a ride. Uh, Kerry, thank you so much. You can, of course, go to Mercedes-Benz website to take a look at the vehicle. And I would just suggest, don't forget, my friends, that test driving is free. So you can head into your Mercedes dealer, go test drive it, see if you can convince them to take you on a back road and try that race start because (laughs) it will – you probably want to put a towel down, by the way, before you do it. It will change your life. (laughs) We have way more stuff coming on the show. We're going to talk to uh, Perry Stern, Anton Warman, and we're going to have some more speedy, fast fun. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated, from the northwest to the southeast, this is America's car radio show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on mobile, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert. I'm your host, Nick Miles, with Truck Girl Jen. Uh, We got a lot of stuff going on on the show today, but uh, one of the things that we've uh, we've been touching on is the fact that if you are going to buy a car, it might be the best time of year to actually go buy one. Uh, If you want to read some of the vehicles that are currently available, you can actually go to our website, Our Auto expert.com. And uh, we have an article on there by Mike Meredith, who talks about the most fuel efficient cars, uh, which don't have an electric cord attached. Uh, we'll run through them. So if you know think fuel might be uh, one of the things that's uh, tough to, to obtain, which I doubt very much since America is a great oil producer. Uh, also, there's a great article um, on the website by Perry Stern, the worst car names in America. And joining <laughs> us on the phone, Perry Stern as well. Good morning, Good morning, Perry. Um, We have snow at the studio. Do you have snow at your house? Uh, we had a little dusting yesterday, but it all went away very quickly. Oh. Well, at least you survived as well. Um, recent auto show cancellations mean that New York has now been postponed until August. Geneva was uh, was cancelled completely, uh, and you were on your way to Geneva. We talked um, just before you left, uh, but when you were in the middle of your trip to London to drive a McLaren to Geneva, you, the show got cancelled. But you still went through with the drive.
2: Exactly. So, you know, we by the, we left for uh, for London before the Geneva show was canceled. And the idea was we were going to drive McLaren's uh, 720S Spider and a McLaren GT to Geneva and then go to the show. So once we got to London, we found out the show was canceled. But the folks at McLaren did an amazing job of uh, keeping the trip going. And uh, we ended up just driving McLaren's out to Belgium, France back to London uh, so that we could actually see the press conference that McLaren had planned. They just moved it to their headquarters in England.
0: Um, First of all, Spider denotes a convertible, if you're not uh, familiar with that. Um, This was February, and you drove a convertible in Europe. How how did that go, Perry?
2: (laughs) It was a little chilly. Um, (laughs) I have to say, the first day that we drove, I was in the GT, and that was when it was pouring down rain, so... That worked out well. <laughs> uh, nice,
0: nice timing.
2: Uh, the, uh, yes, but the day I drove the 720, it was probably in the 30s, maybe it got up to 40, but a beautiful sunny day. And with that car, if you put the top down, roll the windows up, and actually the rear window can be rolled up or down, uh, I was perfectly comfortable. It was quite uh, quite toasty, and you had that you know lovely sound of that V8 just pouring into the car. It was
0: it was a good time. Uh, three days ago, you posted an article at OurAutoExpert.com, the ultimate McLaren road trip. So take us through day one. What did you experience, and, and what were the cars like?
2: So we started out in the GT. Uh, we left walking, which is W-O-K-I-N-G. That's the headquarters for McLaren. Woking uh, And And we actually uh, hopped on the train. Uh well, hopped on the train. We drove onto the train. Okay. So we went under the under the channel. Uh we drove our McLaren's onto uh the train that goes under the under the channel and uh ended up going to Belgium, which was our first stop that was originally planned anyway. Uh the idea was the next day we were gonna go to Spa, which is the host of the Belgium Grand Prix. Uh-huh. Um, And, of course, you know, we're thinking we're going to get to go do hot laps. Uh, We're driving, (laughs) you know, which I'm driving the 720S. This is a 700-horsepower ultimate uh, sports car. Uh, Amazing. McLaren GT, which is their more comfortable vehicle, that's still over 600 horsepower. So it was going to be fun. Uh,
0: Did you get to go on the racetrack? We did get to
2: go on the racetrack. However, when we arrived at Spa, we found it covered with snow.
0: Oh, so it was a very slow frap, lap, is that what you're saying?
2: Yes, as they say, they were not hot laps.
0: No, oh, uh, they, they were cold they laps. do still
2: have the top-down the 720, though.
0: I see there's a picture of you with the top-down driving on, uh, on, on your ultimate McLaren road trip uh, uh, article right there at the top. Uh, all right, so let, listen, the, the European roads, some of the UK roads are on the other side. So were you driving left-hand or right-hand drives?
2: So the the cars were left-hand drives, so it, or, or yeah, left-hand drive. So I wasn't uncomfortable with that. Uh, we did spend you know an hour driving to the train on the wrong side of the road, as we call it, uh, and uh, it took some getting used to. You just had to keep reminding yourself every time you turned into a road of which side to be on.
0: Right. Uh,
2: and then of course, as soon as we got across on the other side, it was back to the other side again. Right, so well, that, you just have to pay attention.
0: That was, uh, yeah, you'd have to think, which most, you know, I'm not very good at that. It's the hardest thing is turning a corner because you, you turn from the wrong lane into the wrong lane, and you're so used to going to the left-hand side of the road, but you actually have to go to the right-hand side of the road or whichever way around.
2: You really goes. have to concentrate all the time. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's helpful when there's other traffic on the road. When there's no other cars on the road, you sit there for a moment not really knowing what to do.
0: So tell me a little bit about the price of this vehicle, and, uh, in, and would you own one?
2: Uh, yes, I would definitely own one (laughs) if I had the means, right? Uh, the 720 is, was by far my favorite. It was, uh, you know, this is the convertible. Uh, this is a car that has over 700 horsepower. It will go zero to 60 in about 2.8 seconds. Uh, Uh, with a top speed of 124, or sorry, top speed of 200 and I think 10 or so, 210 miles an hour.
0: Yeah. I'm sure you didn't get very close to that, even on the racetrack.
2: No, no, no. Well, especially in the snow. Um, but, uh, but, it's, I mean, but you get inside and it's perfectly comfortable. So, I mean, at one point we're driving down windy roads through France uh, at you know, as fast as we can go and the car handles beautifully. But then you come into these little towns and you're going 30 miles an hour and the car is absolutely fine doing that too. All
0: right. It sounds like a fun time, although I do notice it's only a two-seater. So there's just really room for you and your fluffy little dog.
2: Yes exactly although there is enough room in the in the front trunk for a piece of luggage as well oh um, but'm
0: uh, on the g- did you go on the g t uh, the g t
2: is is more uh comfortable it's 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 uh designed as more of a luxury tour, okay. but it 's still over six hundred horsepower and it 's still extremely fast but there 's room for there 's actually a cargo space in the back for luggage there 's cargo space in front. Uh, Full leather interior, heated seats, uh, I mean, perfectly comfortable. I drove it for probably eight hours on the last day driving back to the U.K., and it was perfectly comfortable.
0: All right, well... Uh, I'd like to see either one of those in your driveway. Uh, Perry, stick around. When we come back, I want to talk to you about the Mercedes-Benz launch that we drove together on. You can tell everybody how terrible my driving was. And uh, and we'll talk a little bit about the feature of those vehicles. Perry Stearns joining us. You can read his stuff at OurAutoExpert.com. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, OurAutoExpert.com. You can hear all the past shows, see our automotive videos, and read some insider car stories on your next ride. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. You can also read a lot of Perry Stern's articles there. Now, recently, Perry and I got to drive uh, both Mercedes-Benz GLE 63S and the GLS 63 uh, around LA. It was kind of a fun day, apart from that pesky traffic stuff, right, Perry? I would
2: agree. I mean, it's hard to go wrong when you're driving, you know, high performance ultra luxury big SUVs.
0: Is 603 horsepower absolutely necessary?
2: I I don't see that it has to be necessary.
0: Uh, it's, but it's a lot of fun, right?
2: <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, you know, and these, are, you know, whenever you see AMG on the back of a Mercedes, that means it's going to have high performance. And typically high levels of luxury too. And you know, these are two of Mercedes biggest SUVs, but they certainly don't, you know, shortchange the performance.
0: I think one of my uh, my favorite portions of the video, you can go to ourautoexpert.com and watch the video there of me driving with Perry. You can't actually see Perry because he was in the passenger seat. But as we got on to the freeway in LA, we wanted to do the 0 to 60 mile an hour test. And so at the light of the freeway, I basically stomped on the brake and hit the gas and let it go. And as we were speeding onto the freeway, somebody cut in front of us from the left-hand side and wanted to get off at the next exit. And there's this little whimper that comes out of Perry's mouth. It's like, ah! <laughs> and I left it in the video because I thought it was one of the most entertaining things. A bit of a close call. I didn't kill you, though. Did did I scare you?
2: Uh, no, I, I think I was surprised and perhaps just making sure you knew that, you know, something was in our way. Right. Um, I was being proactive.
0: <laughs> How dare they interrupt my television broadcast? It was just... Completely inconsiderate of them. Uh, it was an interesting. You really interest- should have called ahead, right? <laughs> we should have had maybe a couple of <laughs> cars slow the f- traffic down as I was using the on-ramp. Uh, one of the most enjoyable things I think was the fact that you uh, you sat in the driver's seat with a massager on.
2: Oh yeah, I mean this you know this is the ultimate luxury. I mean you get can- and there's not just a massager. I mean there's all different levels of massage. You can do a hot massage where it heats the seat up. A pretty high temperature, actually. While it's giving you massage, it, you can even choose a program that will help you exercise while you're sitting in the driver's seat.
0: I know. I was hoping I'd lose some weight doing that, but it doesn't seem to have worked very much. Obviously, I need to spend more time in the car as well. Who's buying these vehicles? I mean, we're talking about a vehicle that starts, you know, well over $100,000, sort of $134,000. This is ultimately at 603 horsepower. It's extremely fine-crafted. Who's actually buying those?
2: I would imagine there you know where we were down in l a driving through Beverly Hills. I would imagine there are a number of these down there um uh, and from what I understand, there's a lot of people that go into the dealership to buy the most expensive one available. They don't even realize that this is the car that's got all the great performance. It's kind of lost on people that just want the expensive one and I think- granted, it's beautiful inside i mean it's absolutely you know luxurious, the you know best soft leather. Uh, heated and ventilated seats. You know, in the GLS, you even have heated seats in the third row. So the third row is not necessarily the penalty box.
0: Why do we give such nice things to our kids? I have, I just don't understand. The uh, Ultimately, this vehicle is the pinnacle of uh, a lot of luxury for families who need a third row. But at the same time, uh, it, it's a heavy vehicle, which means it qualifies for the agricultural tax as well. And I know with the G-Wagon, that was sort of the, that's the fashion statement but this is the practical statement when it comes to a third row suv
2: it is but you also you know still get that performance as you know we joked when we were on the event that your ice cream will never melt on the way home from the store uh i mean the, the big gls i mean this is a big seven passenger seat you know suv will go 0 to 60 in around what is it around 4 seconds
0: yeah 3.9 for the uh, s and 3.7 for the e which is amazing. <laughs> uh, I know supercars I mean, that aren't that fast. I can think about it. The other thing I was thinking about is 603 horsepower. And I mentioned this. I think the GT350 is 500 horsepower, which is the Mustang GT350. It's 500 horsepower. This is a seven-passenger that has uh, more horsepower by over 100 than, uh, than Fords in Mustang, which is a muscle car.
2: Which brings back to your original question, is it really a necessity? And no, but it's still pretty cool.
0: I mean, I do lots of things in my life that aren't necessary, but I like to do them. So I'm presuming you're the same.
2: (laughs) Exactly. The things that are necessary are not typically fun.
0: Bacon's not necessary, but it's sure nice to have, right?
2: Oh, I think it's a necessity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Perry makes his own bacon, if you didn't know That's with
2: my bacon. <laughs> yeah,
0: Perry, Perry makes his own bacon. Uh, that That's part of his, uh, his charm and stuff. Mercedes, you know, AMG versions, we, we had a little presentation before we started the day. They went through the numbers, as they always do, and how the sales are doing, and how the company's doing. They're selling incredibly large amounts of their AMG versions. It seems to be uh, super popular, but it's really America that leads the charge with these super luxury uh, performance. SUVs. The rest of the world seems to be a little more practical, and Americans just seem to be into uh, brand names, power, big SUVs.
2: It doesn't seem like that big of a surprise though. Uh, I mean, you know, Americans like their flashy vehicles. And these, you know, the nice thing about these is they're, you can tell they're an AMG, but it's not uh, over the top. So, you know, if you know what you're looking for, you'll notice that the GLE, uh, 63 S has the red brake calipers and has a little more, uh, body skirting, you know, aerodynamics and the the spoiler, the grill is a little different, but for the normal person, you know, driving down the street, probably will not know that this is anything special.
0: That also comes down. At least
2: they will not know that it's the top of the line.
0: Right, right. It also comes down to the colors because when you see, you know, flashy muscle cars, American muscle cars, you'll see them in, I mean, especially Dodge when they do their chargers and challenges, they do them in some incredibly wild colors, Uh, you know, bright greens and gunmetal greens and, and oranges and reds and this sort of thing. But Mercedes are a little more classy than that, even though they have some interesting colors like the dark greens, they're very subtle and very metallic. And they sort of look uh, very adult.
2: Right. And it's, I mean, that's the thing to keep in mind. It's still a Mercedes. And so, you know, Mercedes is elegant and, you know, luxury and style. And that's what these have. Um, It just has the added, you know, performance and, you know, muscle that uh, some people like in it big
0: vehicle, uh, or well, any vehicle. I, I definitely like it uh, as well. Uh, plus all of the technology as well. The uh, the Hey Mercedes feature uh, and I feel badly for anybody that's sitting in their car right now driving a new Mercedes that has the Hey Mercedes feature <laughs> now, because Perry and I had problems with it going on. You can't even mention the word Mercedes in a sentence and it goes, how may I help you? And you know, at some point yes, you it's just... It's very well, helpful. The, the, the best part of it we did not spend long enough time in the car, but the best part is you can change what they call the Summon Word instead of using "Hey Mercedes," you can you can change it to something else, which I think I would definitely do if I, if it was my vehicle.
2: It would be actually entertaining to do it to somebody else's vehicle. <laughs> you could have some fun with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, they are they are super fun. Uh, it, it, the system's pretty good too, as long as it has connectivity. My favorite part of it is uh, you know you can ask it you know, ask it to tell you a joke and it says I, I can't tell you a joke, my, my engineers were German, German. or oh, that sort of thing. So it does it does have a sense of humor after all, the the Germans. What's the uh, what are the prices? What's the price of the GLS do you remember? It's like hundred and thirty four thousand dollars?
2: I believe yeah, the GLS sixty three I believe starts at about one thirty 130, uh one thirty two. The GLE sixty three S, which is the smaller five passenger uh, starts at a mere one thirteen nine fifty, oh, wow. uh, but keep in mind that that's you know both of those prices are no extra options, and there are plenty of extra options you can add.
0: Yeah, and I think most mes- Mercedes never never sell a vehicle that doesn't have at least you know ten plus twenty maybe thirty forty thousand dollars worth of options. I know that uh, one of our guy, one of the Mercedes guys, ended up driving an S Class Coupe uh, as their company car because a Mercedes dealer accidentally ordered it without any options. So. <laughs> They couldn't sell it. Oh, no. That's Rob Moran, who's the head of public relations at Mercedes. Uh, Perry, uh, thank you for joining us. You of course, read all of Perry's stuff at OurAutoExpert.com. Also, you'll see a lot of his stuff uh, at MSN.com, and you might occasionally see one of my videos on there as well. Uh, If you want to see the video uh, that Perry and I, uh, of the the car Perry and I drove, which is the GLS63 and the GLE63S, you'll find it at OurAutoExpert.com. Anton Wallman's next. Next. you're listening to the R Auto Expert podcast. All right. Well, uh, our conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, have car questions. You can send us a direct message. We'll be happy to answer those as well. Uh, it looks like the coronavirus is affecting an awful lot of workers. Windsor FCA Fiat Chrysler Automobiles has asked their workers to to return uh, as the car maker plans on running in virus crisis mode uh, the production at Fiat Chrysler Automobiles in Windsor assembly plant restarts at 3 p.m. or restarted at 3 p.m. on Friday after coming to a standstill a day earlier when employees refused to work because a colleague with the uh, was self-quarantining amid the new coronavirus pandemic but they've asked a lot of their workers who can stay home if they can they will resume at the mini i Uh, Van Plant uh, and Dave Cassidy, the president of the 444 Local for the Union for Canadian Labour, said that they will stand down and try and make sure that uh, employees have the best care uh, possible. It also looks like uh, General Motors are doing the same. They're asking their employees to stay home. That can. If you have to come to work on a factory line, then you just have to put those uh, protocols into into the best way possible. into action. Uh, automobile sales expected to be down 19.8% as an economic slowdown takes place. Automotive sales in, in India are down already and they're expected to be down in the rest of the country. And was reading some devaluation of uh, the expected sales numbers over the next few months. Uh, just because uh, we're expecting to have a slowdown in car purchases. Which may make it one of the best times to go out and buy a vehicle. Uh, companies still producing vehicles as factories still turn out brand new vehicles. So the possibility of buying a new car, truck, or SUV looks better for those people who can take advantage of some of the price reductions. Now, Jen, truck girl Jen, you you are potentially sort of maybe in the market for a new vehicle. Would this push you towards buying one? Mm. You're I don't still know. out to lunch. Yeah,
3: I have. I mean, I already have two trucks, a car, and a boat. And I need to downsize a little bit, and then we'll go You can only there. drive
0: one, one at a time. Yeah,
3: well, I'm definitely keeping the black truck and the black car, so it's the boat and the other truck I'm thinking about selling. Uh,
0: would you buy another vehicle? Eventually, yes. So if you sell them, mm-hmm. would you, you just sell the two? That would leave mm-hmm. you, and then you'd buy another vehicle? That would be three? So you go from four to three?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. I have to keep that truck, that black truck, so, yeah, we'll see. Eventually, it would probably be a vet. That, that's my goal.
0: Oh, yeah, God. I, everybody wants to buy a vet, of course. Well, I
3: have the truck, and I have the Camaro, so I just need the vet to complete the set. Oh, of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Most people just making sure that they can get, get around at the same time.
3: Well, it's just me, like I said, so two-seater's Perfect.
0: Uh, I think one of the things is interesting, it's it's a time in which you could really get a good deal on a vehicle, so if you're going to go out and buy one, it's probably one of the best times to do that as well. Uh, we know that Subaru is uh, holding some of its sales over through March, uh, point 0.9. Uh, we also know that uh, there are is money on the hood of many vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, At Black Friday, you can get as much as 25% off the hood of something like a Buick, so we're expecting prices to see be somewhere similar to the same. Uh, if if that's at all possible. But we don't know uh, what auto sales are going to do. But there is some very good uh, opportunities to buy a new vehicle. And, Jen, you should do it right now.
3: I know. and I, I know. And Janelle Sweetheart at Nissan, she yeah. is... Um been telling me that now's the time to get one (laughs) so i I like the titan truck if i was going to go trucks i like the titan and i also like the ram 1500 so it's just there's so many decisions
0: Uh, and you could probably buy uh, an old ram 1500 not an old one but like a last year's one yeah maybe uh, for a really good price and a diesel too
3: i don't want diesel you know that i want sports
0: car Uh, A truck is not a sports car, Jan. A second ago you said you...
3: I know, but I was saying if I was going to get a truck. I have one. I don't know. I'd like a sports car. Yeah, yeah. okay.
0: All right. How about you, Nick? Um, I would buy... uh, No, I already have too many cars. (laughs) I don't want to sell them. I just bought a new new Lexus SUV. I don't even know Oh, that's
3: beautiful, too. Um, and I don't know
0: that the Sequoia is pretty. Uh, yes, the Sequoia. It's outside of the parking lot here. We're taking a look at it now. Uh, the, the TRD Sequoia TRD Pro and uh, black wheels and uh, nice blacked-out grille and uh, all of the TRD shocks. Uh, and red uh, brakes. Yeah, red brake calipers. Mm-hmm. It's got the Toyota Racing Division, uh, all of their extras on it as well. I, I wouldn't be sad to own that full-time. Nope. Uh, so that's the way to do it as well. All right, coming up, we'll take another look at uh, what's going on in China as Tesla sales uh, get nailed by the Chinese government. Uh, they are going after Tesla for delivering cars with their old NVIDIA-based 2.5 Autopilot computer instead of the new 3.0 version. We'll find out all about that and why it's happening coming up on Our Auto Expert. Don't forget, go to the website and check it out. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Are you thinking about changing your car and some most informative articles can be found at OurAutoExpert.com, read car reports, see videos, and also some of the newest technology. The latest is all at OurAutoExpert.com. And also, of course, this podcast, the nation's radio show, can be heard there all about cars. Joining us on the phone is our independent analyst and investor, Anton Warman. You can read most of his stuff at Seeking Alpha or the street. Anton, China goes after Tesla for delivering cars with their old NVIDIA-based 2.5 auto autopilot uh, system instead of the new 3.0 serious problem for them
1: It could be because Tesla of course has been receiving numerous benefits from the local government the regional government of Shanghai but this apparently came from the national government which is a different bureaucracy altogether uh, as I understand it and I could be a little bit off it's sort of the equivalent of uh, our own um, US FTC the Federal Trade Commission so they have not been sort of as close with Tesla in the past, and they had no incentive to cover this up. So they went after them pretty hard on this. We have yet to see what the final outcome will be, but clearly Tesla's going to have to retrofit these cars. I think that's at an absolute minimum, and the question is just what their other consequences there would be beyond that. if any.
0: Now, violations are always very obvious in the United States when somebody does that, a bait-and-switch, but if they uh, they do it in China, we don't really know what the penalty could be.
1: That's right. This is unfamiliar territory for most of us who look at this. So uh, this is one where we simply have to see what comes out of this here in the in the near future, and uh, which bureaucrat has an incentive to uh, go light or uh, has some sort of a preponderance to uh, to go a little bit harder on the issue. So uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll find out here in the coming week.
0: Now, does it include hardware and software, or just uh, just one or the other?
1: Well, they go together because these are two separate uh, computers, basically. Uh, cpu slash gpu and uh, clearly there's a new software stack that goes on one versus the other they're written specifically specifically for each computer so if they swap out the hardware they're also going to have to load the requisite new software onto the other one
0: now polestar which is uh, volvo's sort of electric luxury car brand starts production of its polestar 2 regionally they had uh or well, originally they had Polestar 1, which was a hybrid car, but this is their first fully electric vehicle, and they are probably the biggest competitor to the Tesla Model 3 currently.
1: That's right. So, in other words, they just started production in the last handful of days in China of their Tesla Model 3 slash Tesla Model Y competitor and uh, it goes on sale in china in the next 30 or so days and then roughly by the beginning of june deliveries will start in europe and then in the mid-july they will start in the united states and canada uh only to a handful of cities on the u.s west coast you know uh, southern california northern california seattle uh vancouver and so forth and uh they're going to do that initially using what we would call white glove service, which is to say that because this is a little bit separate from Volvo in terms of the sales channel, Uh, and because they can handle a few thousand cars the manual way, they'll come to people's homes and businesses and just deliver the cars there. And then for service, they will, of course, use the Volvo dealership infrastructure that is already in place.
0: It might not be the best climate to deliver cars currently in China because of the slowdown, and we saw February up to an 80% drop in car sales. How do we think March is going to look?
1: Well, the idea here is that we are now essentially on the cusp Of the Chinese market reopening in a major way so the idea here is that if they started making these cars in the last handful of days within the next 30 or so days things should be just about back to normal in China that is the general idea here and of course the situation in the US is completely different and uh, a little bit to be seen here over the next uh, month or two but uh, that is the idea in terms of where they would start and then of course beyond China they would try to go to Europe and Europe of course has its own set of problems that are uh, arguably uh, even uh, far more difficult to anticipate right now uh,
0: the amount of money that we have seen put on hoods of cars may be going up and uh, we know that Subaru has extended their 0.9 uh, percent uh, interest rate on new vehicles till the end of March are we expecting some kind of fallout I mean people aren't rushing to deal a lot this time of year if they're trying to worry about whether they have toilet paper or not is the likelihood we're going to see car companies respond in kind to try and make uh, buying a new car a little more palatable
1: Yeah, so interestingly here in the last month or so, first what we saw was the supply shock of the supply chain for parts really hit the market first and there will be essentially a shortage of cars. But then came uh, essentially now a demand shock, which is to say that uh, the consumer is frozen in place a little bit for obvious reasons. So uh, in the very short term, the demand shock may be overwhelming the supply shock, which is going to yield the conclusion that probably in the very short term, uh, we could uh, start seeing actually some uh, bigger discounts on cars than we were already seeing uh, until the last couple of weeks.
0: Uh, we know that Americans love their automobile. I mean, when you talk about the size of the United States, as a massive country. You could fit the UK uh, into 11 states uh, in the United States because it's so large. If I leave my home and fly east uh, towards New York City and my sister leaves our home uh, in Milton Keynes in England and flies towards uh, me at the same time, when we meet, we meet actually in New York City. So that's how far that... Uh, how big the country is I can't even get out of the country if we fly towards each other now saying that such a huge amount of expanse makes people want to drive places and have to drive because public transport doesn't go everywhere around the country but public transport's not the flavor of the of the moment because of the virus when you're being packed into a small space with a lot of people uh, one of which may have the virus does this make America even more in love with the automobile?
1: I think so. I think that, uh, you know, obviously in the next, in the very short term, there are all sorts of um, of uh, counter, uh, you know, ships passing in the night and, and, and streams passing each other under the surface. But uh, once you fast forward a few months and, and people look at uh, strategically what changes to make longer term, I think we can conclude that in the U.S., because we have a population density that is as low as 83 people per square mile, and Many of these countries in Europe are somewhere in the four to five hundred people per square mile range, and then many countries in Asia are around a thousand people or more per square mile. We're essentially just about very close to a decimal point less on average as a country in terms of our population density. And you know that in most towns and cities around in America, we certainly don't have trains or subways and in many cases the bus infrastructure is also you know relatively meaningless compared to europe so americans certainly love their cars and for good reason and this may just make that trend even more uh, pronounced going forward so uh, once we get out of this uh, little crazier for the next uh, small handful of months it could actually on a relative basis strengthen the automotive uh, interest and infrastructure in the united states
0: uh, talk about fuel prices and reaction to the coronavirus, and we know oil dropped immensely low, uh, record lows as far as a barrel cost of oil. But consumption is likely to go up, because if you have all these people who were taking a bus, for instance, that may be taking an Uber, that could change.
1: I think so, too. I think that'll be the secondary order effect here that will come here uh, relatively soon. But in the short term, of course, this was all overwhelmed by the price war, the supply shock, as it were. Uh, in a positive way from a combination of Saudi Arabia and Russia that are now fighting each other on who could produce the most amount of oil and of course oil fell to a, nearly a 30 year low as a result.
0: Uh, we, we see a massive price difference in places like Texas versus uh, the northwest of the United States. I mean, it's still around uh, $2 a gallon or way under that in certain parts of Texas. And yet in uh, the north, northwest of the United States, we're talking about bridging on 350 to 380 a gallon. Are uh, we likely to see fuel prices drop by a percentage across the United States?
1: Well, they're dropping right now. They will not drop proportionately to where you see the oil prices have dropped because, of course, it's a fixed amount of taxes and related that is being placed on top of these prices that are not a necessarily as a percentage of it either. So uh, oil prices may go down 30 percent, but you know, gasoline prices may only go down 10 percent. That's roughly the, uh, the kind of in order of impact that we might see.
0: Uh, car companies slowing down production. I know that uh, FCA and their Windsor plant had some uh, problems uh, with, with workers not wanting to work uh, due to the coronavirus and the union objecting to the way things uh, were working with different, well, the way workers were treated in certain ways. But are factories doing the best they can to, uh, to keep everybody in work or are people going to get sent home?
1: Well, they're holding out as long as possible to make sure that people come to work and produce because otherwise the whole system breaks down. So I think everybody is just trying to you know do what, what they can to make sure that uh, they do get lucky and don't get impacted by this. Because really, the cost of shutting these things down is is, is very material for all of these companies, especially if you believe that support. The, 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 the demand for cars will, will quickly come back, and you have a situation where there have been enough suppliers that have been interrupted that there's also a little bit of shortage in the market. You just can't afford not producing these cars.
0: What's, what's the best way to find out uh, if you have the opportunity to buy a car at a good price? So you just search the Internet for the brands that you're looking at, or is there some kind of index that people can look at to see what's, uh, what's well-priced right now?
1: I think right now you start, uh, you know, in, in terms of you draw a circle around your home uh, in terms of how many miles you're willing to look. And you just click on all of those dealers and say how far I'm willing to go in terms of potentially buying something. And chances are that when you go to their site and you look at uh, car after car, you'll see how how big the discounts are and how they've been applied. And when you start to compare um, you know, dealer to dealer, you, can, you should basically insist on getting the very lowest regardless of whether the uh, dealer is 10 miles away from you or 100 miles or even 200 miles away from
0: you. We're not expecting to see any interruption in fuel prices or fuel uh, supply. Uh, what about electricity supply? Do you think the flavor is going to get a little bit soured for the electric car market or do you think it'll go up? Where people thinking that they could better be self-sufficient on an electric car?
1: Well, the issue right now is that just the sheer mandates of selling so-and-so many of them is what's overwhelming the market. I mean, the automakers have this mandate in terms of CO2, especially in Europe, and but also in some of the geographies, that they simply have to get that number down, and that dictates essentially how many electric cars they have to sell. And, of course, if they sell fewer cars in total, then proportionately there will be fewer electric cars, too. But the percentage of the units that are sold out there, that's pretty much politically determined at this point, and there's no way around it.
0: Is there likely to be some kind of government mandate to change those, uh, at least to temporarily suspend uh, the amount of electric cars they have to sell, or is that the last thing on the government's mind?
1: Well, this is the big debate. I don't have the answer to it, but clearly, what the the the, um, the issue that we were facing before this the virus business is that the automakers were seeing dramatically shrinking profits, even though the Sales volumes were kept roughly flat uh, because of the fact that these electric cars cost so much more to sell and they can't charge more for them. That means that their margins were getting crushed all the way almost down to zero in many cases by almost all of the major automakers. So that's why their stocks were in freefall for the last year or so, even before this virus came to being. So that's the main issue, even if the virus had never reared its ugly head.
0: Uh, I would always suggest to everybody to read Anton Wallman's uh, articles. You can read them at the street, Seeking Alpha. They're always very insightful to what's going on in the automotive industry, especially the reflection of Europe and China. You can see what's happening with electric cars, new tech, and uh, sales figures as well, and some legislation. Uh, he's an independent analyst and investor, and he joins us here every week. Uh, thank you for joining us again this week, Anton. And, of course, if you want to hear some of the other commentary that he's made, you can always go to uh, ourautoexpert.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. There you'll see the podcast and previous shows are all available there. Plus, you can sign up for alerts and you get to find out all the latest stories once a week as they happen. We'll email those out to you with a list of those stories. Uh, Chuck, Girl jen has been in the studio with us. We will be uh, here, of course, next week at the same time. You'll be able to listen to all the latest car news. We've got a whole bunch of new models and, of course, Best Buy information coming up, plus the latest news. I'm Nick Miles. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at ourautoexpert and
2: message us for a
0: quick and witty response.